Hey Lifehouse, my name is Brock, I'm part of the team here. We are currently going through our new series, Light and Love, where we look into the scriptures of John. We're so glad you're joining us. We hope you enjoy the message from Pastor Josh and the team. Just by um, quickly acknowledging that this day can be kind of tough. Um, just kind of before I get on, into my message, it can be a tough day for us. Um, it can be a beautiful day, but can be difficult, you know, like Mother's Day can be difficult depending on like a whole heap of complex reasons. And it's actually um, it's actually okay to acknowledge our emotions. We don't have to be pretend. We don't have to be robots, spiritual people that always are positive. We can recognize that um, we can think and feel different emotions at the same time. It's possible to be, um, you know, really grateful for maybe the dad we've had in our life, but also maybe miss him if he's not around as well at the same time, kind of complex emotions. It's, it's okay to recognise that we can uh, grieve, maybe that we didn't have the relationship with our father that we wanted, but at the same time be thankful for those around us that were there when we needed someone. So I just want to recognise that today. Um, pushing our emotions down and pretending they're not there is not really helpful. But acknowledging that they're there and, and allowing God to help us work through them is a good thing. So let's pray. Father, we just pray for today. For many, it's a good day. For many, it's a tough day. Help us to understand our emotions. Help us to recognize what you want us to know through it, that our value is not in who our dad is or our relationship with our father, but our value is in you. You love us. You see us. You understand everything we go through. Help us to understand what you want to say to us today. Help us to understand you as, as our Father and what Jesus Christ has done for us. So be pleased to be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today I'm doing part one of our John series, Light and Love, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, Light and Love. And um, and so we're, we, we, the briefing was uh, speak about... Uh, John, uh, any of the books of John, it could be the book of John or the letters from John or Revelation. And and I just want to speak today primarily from First John. And my key verse is this. This is how we know love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And then, he, and then he goes on to challenge us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So he lays down his life for us. He's our example. And then he encourages us to do the same. So dads tend to be different from mums. Has anyone here noticed that? We tend to be a little bit different. We do things uh, different ways. So I've got a few pictures of, of what I love to call uh, the dad hack. I'm a big fan of the dad hack. Now, now what, a, what a dad hack is, is kind of, kind of finding a way to get through the day with, with kind of what you've got in hand. So here we've got a dad. He's, this is the, is the stop the kids fighting hack. The how to swing the kid and drink beer at the same time. Oh. The old trolley hack. Dad's arms are getting a bit tired, so he. This is the uh, how to whip up, whip up a quick dessert hack. 
You know, using the old spoon or forks too much work, hard work. Oh, this is the keep the car clean hack. Put old plate on the ice cream. Keep the leather interior nice. And how to eat a meal and rock a baby to sleep at the same time. It's a little handy table right there. There's a few tips for you dads with little ones. I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the old dad hack. So dads have a, a different way of doing things. We kind of like to find an easy way around the uh, tough situation. But dads also have a way of talking. That's a little bit different than mums. The old dad quote, okay. So you guys get to be the dads. I'll start the quote and you guys finish it, okay, if you know, if you know the dad quote. Okay, so uh, this is the first one. I'm hungry. You guys are amazing dads. Okay, the second one. What's up? The sky. Yeah, good, good. Uh, when someone trips over, hey, how was your, how was your trip? <laughs> that was your trip. Yeah, good one. You know, everyone knows that one. And um, dad, there's something in my eye. An eyeball. Oh, what an eyeball. <laughs> Okay, we love it. We, dads, we love a good dad joke. We love a, a classic line. Uh, when I was young, my dad used to, he used this line more than I'd like to admit. And he used to say this, son, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, son. Has anyone ever heard that line before? Yeah, and and usually when he'd say that is is when I was uh, maybe in a bit of trouble, and I needed a bit of a dish out of uh, of some corporal justice on my posterior. And there's Dad there, and there's me, thoroughly enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. This is great. You know, I probably just punched my sister in the face or something, and and he's. Um, of course, now that doesn't happen anymore, that kind of thing. Uh, but when I was born in the 70s, uh, they even did that in school. You know, it's like even the teachers did that. But I'm not trying to endorse corporal punishment, everyone. I'm just saying it happens, okay? And, uh, you know, if when I stuffed up, um, you know, like I said, maybe I hurt my sister and so Dad felt like I needed some empathy uh, from her, you know, and understand what I was putting her through, so... It was dished out. But I think um, on the bottom, he actually enjoyed giving me old smack on the bottom. And I think it did, it wasn't something that he enjoyed. I don't think he, I don't think he wanted to hurt me. But it was, it's kind of this idea of justice, right? To kind of make things right in a sense, justice. If someone stole a car and um, they kind of need to make it right. You know, if someone steals a car, they need to make it right. If they don't care about making it right, then the law dictates that something uncomfortable needs to happen to them to motivate them, to help them to understand that what they did wasn't okay. 
And sometimes the law works. Sometimes people realise that they shouldn't have done it. Sometimes it, it doesn't. The law's imperfect, but that's the point of it, right? The point is that it would make us better. The point is that it's right and fair. Uh, when I was 16, in fact, the first week, who's 16 here? Anyone 16? Anyone just got their license? I know that Chelsea Henson just got her L's. Well done, Chelsea. She worked hard for that, so that's excellent. But anyway, my first week of getting my L's, um, I remember the first drive I went on. My grandpa lent me his 1984 Datsun Bluebird station wagon. Uh, such a great car. Not really, that was horrible. And, um, and I remember kind of driving through the town and, and then pulling up at the traffic lights in the middle of the main street. And as I did it, my friend Tanya, Tanya Mumford, Lyle knows Tanya, she had a Gemini and she pulled up next to me and I looked across and she looked across. And I don't know which one of us revved our car first, but it was probably her. I'm sure it was her. And we were revving and revving and this was, we thought, oh, this is great. You know, wing, wing, wing. And, um, and then the light turned green. I, hadn't really, I didn't really have a plan, but I just kind of put the foot to the floor. And hers uh, kind of went, you know, and mine just went, It didn't really go down in the first gear. I think the head gasket was blown. It just kind of, uh, it just didn't really. Anyway, so so we we raced off down the street. Now back then the police station was in the front of the main street. I don't know if you remember. So we raced past that, and um, she got. Do you know how the two lanes turn into one? She got to that first, and uh, she she took off down onto the bridge, and I was hot in pursuit down the hill, and just as we entered the bridge police car was coming the other way and it was kind of like Dukes of Hazard. they slammed on the handbrake spun around <laughs> took off in hot pursuit after the Datsun but that was kind of going across the bridge and um, and they chased me it was kind of a whole big thing because I didn't really think you could pull over on the bridge and so I just kept going and it was kind of stressful they were radioing all the other cop cars came or following us Eventually I stopped, Tanya was gone. <laughs> and the car was registered to Stan Betcher, 75 years old. So they thought I stole it. <laughs> anyway, so the sergeant came down. Um, and he happened to be a personal friend of my dad's. We'd had him over for lunch heaps of times. It was really embarrassing. And, yeah. So... I got a really big fine and I didn't have the money to pay it. I had to work and it was kind of really horrible. But that's kind of just and fair. You do the wrong thing and I was dumb and I was speeding and I could have created an accident and I had to make it right. And that's fair. That's fair. 
I'd stolen, well, I hadn't stolen. I'd used someone's property in a way that was reckless, that they didn't endorse. And getting a fine and getting caught is the, is the right thing. So it's kind of horrible, but it's, it's justice. And that's, and that's kind of what happens. That's kind of what justice is. It's like the perpetrator, the guy that does the wrong thing, has to go without something to make it right. There's another kind of justice. And, and the other kind of justice is, is where someone innocent, someone who hasn't done anything wrong, makes it right for the victim. They step in and they do something that causes things to kind of come back in alignment with how they should have been. To help a victim. To maybe hold the perpetrator accountable. And they go without to make it right. And I, I love those kind of movies. Like that kind of movie where someone steps in, right? It's, it's like Die Hard. You guys know Die Hard, the best movie ever made? Bruce Willis. And, he, and he's kind of fighting all the terrorists in Nakatomi Tower. Is that how you say it? Something like that. And, and so, and he's there, he's, he's kind of getting beat up, he's, he's walking across broken glass without making a sound because his shoes got ripped off, it's a whole thing, and to, to set the captives free, and he, and he fights his way single-handedly, punched, blown up, fallen off things. So, so it's, it's die hard. It's, he didn't need to he didn't do anything wrong but but he's set to make it right it's it's the lion king it's mufasa jumping down into a, a canyon filled with crazed wildebeest that scar uncle scar is set on this evil plan and he holds up simba and he puts him on the tree and he is beaten and trod on and crushed. He didn't need to, but he, but he did it for Simba. It's Avengers Endgame where the Iron Man puts on the gauntlet glove and has 10 billion watts of super galactic energy pulsing through him to turn back time and save 10 million people. When he didn't need to, it's Titanic where Jack gives up his spot on the wreckage, even though some argue that there was enough room for two, <laughs> and freezes to death to save Rose. It's so many movies. Like, I love that kind of justice. Is someone putting their life on the line to make things right that shouldn't have had to? But they did. It's every blockbuster story. It's every blockbuster hit. But it's love. It's what it is. It's love. 
John puts it this way. 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. It's our key verse. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Didn't have to. Didn't have to. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And since it's Father's Day, I thought I'd I'd zone in on fathers and, and, and husbands with this one. Paul in Ephesians, he makes a challenge right to us dads. He says, husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the whole church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And this is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favour since they're already one in marriage. So Paul kind of zones in what, what John is saying about laying our lives down for each other specifically says it to the to the husbands but really it's for all of us it's our call to be like Christ 1 John 4:9 says it this way this is how God showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we loved God But he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, this story, the idea of an innocent party putting his life on the line, it's our story. It's It's our world. It's not just a list of movies that have... People have lined up by the millions to see it's our story. It's our lives. It's the story of the world. But but it's kind of also a catch to this, right? Because the stories that we love are about an an innocent person putting his life on the line to save an innocent victim. And that's cool and we love that. You know, we, we celebrate that. We, we pay our tickets every week to go and every month to go and see it. We pay our Netflix subscription. But Christ takes a step further. It said here in the last one that, in that last verse, that not that we loved God, but he loved us. It's like this imbalanced thing going on. See, that the catch with what Jesus did and how, how he takes it a step further is he didn't just do it for the victim. He didn't just put his life on the line for them. He put his life on the line for the perpetrator. It's like, it's kind of crazy. It's like he's the jack to our rose, but he's also... But he's also putting his life on the line for the corrupt, the proud, the arrogant ship owner that didn't think through the ramifications of 
a whole heap of stuff, hitting that iceberg and not really thinking through his actions. Like he put his life on the line for him. You know, Jesus isn't just the Mufasa to our Simba. He doesn't just put his life on the line for this son that he loves, but, but Jesus puts his life on the line for Scar. The guy that's just on the outer who no one cares for and he's trying to do everything he can to somehow gain control because of fear and insecurity. He's trying to make this situation work for him, but but Christ died for him as well. He's diehard's John McLean walking over Broken glass, that scene echoes Christ walking Skull Hill with a cross in his shoulders and a, and a crown of thorns pressing into his skull. He doesn't just do it in a sense for Mrs. McLean, held captive by the terrorist, but he does it for the terrorist. He loved and suffered for us, victim and perpetrator. We've all spent time in our lives feeling victimized. We've had a we've had a bad day. We've we've been perpetrated against. Some things have gone wrong, but we've also all been perpetrators. We've been controlling. We've been selfish. We've grabbed for things ourselves. We've lined our own nest. We haven't always laid down our life for others and he he puts his life on the line for us as well. It's his example that spurs us on. It's his it's his call. It's his example that makes us want to do the same. In 1 John 4:9 It says, we love because he first loved us. We love. When we love someone unlovable, it's God's spirit that's doing a work inside of us. Has anyone experienced that? You've seen someone doing the wrong thing and instead of feel like punishing them, you've wanted to help them. You've you've felt sorry for them and you've realized they need to know something more. They need to know love. That's the Holy Spirit. He's calling us to be more than we could on our own. And he's lifting us and he's demonstrating this. This is the Father heart of God. Not only does he love us, but he invites us to partner with him. It says here in uh, John 1.12, Yet all who did receive him, this is talking about receive Christ, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. To all that believe in him, whether victim, perpetrator, whether innocent or guilty, if we believe in Christ, he gives us the right to call him Father, to become the children of God. I remember when I first told Holly 
that I liked her. She's not here. She's probably watching on the live stream. Stream. Hey, gorgeous. She's feeling a bit sick. Hope you're feeling better. She's probably got a cup of tea in her nightgown, sitting on the couch, having breakfast. And Zoe, I love you too, of course. But um, when I first realised that I loved her, I, um, I said to her, hey, I don't even know how I said it, but it was probably uh, kind of awkward and, and stuff. I've kind of got cooler over time. <laughs> and um, and I, I would have said to her, hey, I, you know, I really like you. And um, and I said, you know, that I wanted to ask, I want to ask you out. I want you to be my girlfriend. And, and she said, well, why, why don't you? I said, well, I want to ask your dad first. When I... I want to ask your dad's permission. I kind of an old-fashioned guy. I feel it's respectful. I want my daughter and and that to do that when guys here. You have, you have to ask me. I saw a few guys going like that. Out of the corner of my eye. So um so I said, no, no, I want to ask you, I want to ask your dad first. And she's like, you sure that's a really like you sure that's a good idea? Just to put it in context, Holly's dad is a military man. A very large military man. Very strong, scary large military man. He's six foot three, weighs over hundred kilograms of pure muscle. And um he's and I'm not even joking, like he's, he's the guy with all the medals. He's the guy that's done stuff that he's not allowed to talk about. Like he's that guy. I'm not even joking, like he's that guy. So, so I'm like, and she's like, yeah, sure. you. And I'm like, no, 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 it'll be all right. It will, um, it'll be all right. She said, okay, okay. So I'm trying to, in my head, this is on the Friday night, in my head I'm starting to think through how I'm going to do it and I'm thinking, you know, I'll go there and I'll work out this plan. And anyway, the next night I'm working at night, Phil packing uh, Coca-Cola in the shelves. But Holly, she told her dad that I wanted to talk to him and what it was about. And so as I'm packing shelves at Woolworths, I look up the end of the aisle and he's standing there. Like just standing at the end of the aisle, very ominous, and then he and then he sets off in a kind of a march straight towards me, and he said very loud, "Mark, I hear you want to talk to me," and he strolls straight to, and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" Ah, uh, yeah, and he strolled right up to me, and then he put out his hand and said. Welcome to the family. You're a fine young man. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. I appreciated that, Doug, if you're watching, that you didn't kill me. <laughs> but from that moment, he actually really did welcome me into the family. And um, I got two dads that day. And um, he treated me so well. 
He's he's always just cared for me. He's given me his time. He's mm. talked. He'd really do anything for me. That day I gained a, a sister whom I deeply love, Beck. She's amazing. And James, her brother. They're just such great. They're a great family. And I became part of their family. And it wasn't based on me. Like Doug didn't even know me. He, it was based on that I loved Holly. Like I loved her and so I was then part of their family. This is what that verse is saying. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be the children of God. This is, this is the story of the picture of Christ. If we love Jesus, it's not based on what we do. If we love Jesus... We become family and he becomes our father. He stretches out that hand. He says, you're a fine young man. You're a fine young woman. Welcome to the family. Whether we are or not, he sees us as that and he loves us. This is who our father is. At the start, I said there were two kinds of justice. You know, the, the one where, you know, the, the guilty party pays the fine and, and the other where someone else steps in and pays it for them. There's one thing about this story about the car that I didn't explain. And that is that I think I probably should have lost my license because there's these things called demerit points. And I'm pretty sure high-speed car chase counts for something. And something weird happened, you know, like I paid the fine and I did all the things that I needed to do and I worked and I saved. And, but I was waiting for this cancellation license thing, these demerit points to come in the mail and lose my license, but it never came. I don't really know why. To this day, I'm not quite sure what happened. But... Those points are floating around somewhere and I think they might have somehow landed on my grandpa because it was his car. I don't know. But I think he might have taken those points for me. I think he might have. And, um, and I never lost my license. And at the start of the message, I talked about things to say and how... They say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. This is exactly the opposite of, of what God does, does for justice. If we receive Christ, He says, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And He, and he really means it. He took the points. As He stood there before the judge, there's a, there's a photo. As He stands there, He's... He's saying, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. If you accept Christ, he takes what we deserve. As he was whipped, he's saying, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. If you'll let me, if you'll let me take your guilt and your shame, I want it to hurt me more than it hurts you. I want to take it. Will you let me? And of course, as he's Stood on the cross. Will you let him take your guilt and shame this morning? 
Will you let him? Yet all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Will you receive Christ this morning? Will you receive him afresh? Will you remind ourselves on this day that we get a Father in heaven based on Christ? If you love Jesus, if you love Jesus, you're accepted. Your sins are washed away. Your points are gone. He loves the victim and the perpetrator. In a few minutes, Pastor Josh is going to speak to us about the Father heart of God and leave us and lead us into how to receive Christ through communion. He's going to share with us about the broken body of Christ and the blood and give us an opportunity to remember that and receive it and thank God for what He's done for us. But right now we're going to have an item. Thank you for joining us for our Lifehouse Sunday service. We hope that you enjoyed the message. If you wish to respond today, please go to life.house and click on My Response. There you can share a prayer request or let our team know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. We love that you're online with us, but we really want to see you here with us in person in the flesh, 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. Can't wait to see you.